Good evening. For some of you who've forgotten my name, it's Ray, and it is a joy to be with you. And uh, we just got back from a wonderful trip to Jordan and Israel, and it was, it was great. And uh, here's the thing, uh, and I've talked with, it's not just me, but jet lag is, is number one, it's a real thing. And a lot of people of us who win are struggling with it, and I, I've been waking up at two and three in the morning, and, and so if I do fall asleep, Pastor Taylor's going to jump up here and finish the message. <laughs> And I'll be curled up over there. Uh, I've got things to say, I think. Uh, so I pray they make sense to you. If they don't, I'll give you my notes and you read it for yourself. Uh, you know, I, I tell you, when uh, I, I, I'm, I'll share just some of the moments we had over there, but uh, I'm introducing, as Pastor Taylor said, a new series called uh, Moments. Is it Moments? Moments, yes. It better be, because I'm using that word a lot tonight, so. Yeah, and uh, moments in the life and ministry of Jesus. And uh, let me tell you our, our premise, and I'll tell you again throughout the message. In fact, I'll use that word about a thousand times and drive you crazy with it tonight. Uh, but I had a moment when I walked in here. See, sometimes when I'm gone, uh, even to good places, there's nothing better than coming home. And while I may get annoyed with the area in which we live, Puyallup and Sumner, I never get tired of this place, this place called Calvary, this place called home. I walk in here and I just, I, I, it puts a smile on my face just walking through those double doors. And then when this worship team started, you know, we had great moments in Israel, but I'll tell you, you can have great moments right here. You can have great moments right here. You just got to make yourself available to them. If you couldn't be blessed by those songs tonight, then I worry about you. If you couldn't, and I'm not being mean, I'll be mean later, <laughs> but, um, but if you couldn't be moved, if you couldn't just go, oh, wow, if you couldn't experience a moment with God, through those songs, man, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to do for you. Because, uh, I mean, we could have, honestly, in fact is we probably should just keep singing and give up the whole preaching thing tonight because it may not go well. <laughs> but, uh, wow. And so, uh, moments in the presence of Jesus. See, if we take a moment to study the life and work of Jesus, we'll then learn to be in his presence more, I think. And when we're in the presence of Jesus, have moments studying Jesus, then we have better moments with Jesus, and then we have those moments that impact our lives in an eternal way by being in the presence of Jesus. And that's our prayer between now and uh, Easter, that this, this series takes you on a journey from, from tonight, and it, it, it leads you to Easter, and maybe the week after, Eve, or maybe the week after we, we talk ascension, I don't know, but uh, that you just go on this journey with us to prepare our hearts. If you want to do Lent, man, do that with all your heart. Give up something. But don't just give up something. Take on something. Take on walking in the presence of Jesus because you'll never be the same. I'll say it later on, but you can tell I'm, <laughs> I'll get to the message because I'm rambling. But there's so much up here 
you know, how many have that voice in your head that tells you all the bad things in your life? Anyone? How rotten you are, how you're not good enough, blah, blah, blah. In the name of Jesus, tell that stupid voice it's a liar. It's a liar. We're here to experience the presence of Jesus. And as much as we want to do that, that voice wants to tear you down. And so, well, listen, let me, let me tell you, you know, as we talk about moments, we had a lot of great moments in, in Israel. I could, I could bore you with pictures, but I won't. But it was kind of cool. There were moments seeing some new places on this journey, standing where David fought Goliath. I thought that was pretty cool. Quite a hike to get there, but, you know, could have had a couple heart attacks on the way. I hope <laughs> next time Iran thinks about that before he takes us on there. But. And then standing where Elijah fought the 400 prophets of Baal. How many think that's kind of cool? It was. It was a moment where David fought Goliath, Hezekiah's tunnel, praying at the western wall, just that little bit of the wall that's above ground that's still part of the, you know, what was there at the temple, was a, was a moment. I think for me, and I think for those of us who, who went, just being in the places where Jesus walked, that was a moment. A moment uh, where Jesus performed miracles when Jesus when we were on the water, the Sea of Galilee, and uh, communion at the Garden Tomb. To be honest, I got a little weepy just driving up to Jerusalem. Moments. Moments that make us a little more aware of God in our life. You know, Mariah was right. Your set couldn't be any better. That last song, I'm desperate for him. I'm desperate for moments with him. In the busyness of life, in all the stuff we're doing, my prayer for you and for me is that we would be desperate once again for a move of God. Not out there, but in here, in me. The song doesn't go, and you are desperate for, no, it says, and I'm desperate. I'm desperate for a move of God. And so, you know, the guide we had is probably the best I've ever seen in five trips, and he's phenomenal and teaches the the background talks to us. So we went walk through Roman cities and we understand the people were living under Roman oppression and we get a context for, for everything about Jesus' ministry. And it's no wonder these people were looking for a, a Messiah is because they were dealing with oppression. They were dealing with fear. They were dealing with Roman occupation. And, and their lives didn't mean anything in every major city, one of the 10 cities of the Decapolis and on. There was always a Colosseum, and many times in those places, in the, in the places of, of fighting, there were always places where Christians could lose their lives for their faith. Well, that helps me understand why having moments with Jesus was so important to them and why it should be important to us. While we may never fall, have to fall on our swords in, a, in, a, in an area of, of a Colosseum in whatever context, yet there should be something of a burning desire within us that no matter what we deal with, nothing like they may deal with, but that there would be a heart's cry and a hunger for moments in the presence of Jesus. That's my prayer for me. And my prayer is that you and I would start looking for the, uh, uh, boy, we start looking for the return of Jesus. They may not come in our lifetime. That doesn't mean we can't live like he will and be hungry for, for Jesus to come in our lifetime. Over in Israel, there were moments that truly have impacted my life, and I share them with the group when they go, but there's this big mural, and you've heard about it, I've told you. Actually, you're a new group. You haven't heard it, but I'll tell you later. 
you know, kind of turn the church over in this COVID season, but that's another issue. Um, uh, this, there's this big mural at, at uh, Magdala where Mary Magdalene was born, up right on the uh, top, the north of Galilee. And oh my goodness, uh, you know, Mary and I, when we first saw it years ago, uh, Mary and I needed an emotional healing. We were hurting. We had experienced something in our family we didn't expect to ever experience because we're a Christian family and we don't have those kinds of problems until we did. And it hurt deeply. And it was in that moment that God used that mural. It was where this, the woman is reaching out to touch the hem of his garment. That story, that moment in scripture. And there was this Catholic priest. Now, I'm not Catholic, but I got to tell you, God used Father Kelly, this Catholic priest, to minister to Mary and me. It was a moment I'll never forget. And uh, I needed it. And maybe, you know, and I'm going to stop along the way, you know, and just ask this question. Are you in need of a moment with Jesus? Now, you know, you don't have to go all the way to Israel to get it. I just want you to know. I mean, you can, but you don't have to. Are you in need of a moment with Jesus? Uh... Jesus met us there. It's a moment we'll never forget. When I stood again on the Sea of Galilee, it was a moment where God reminded me that God, that he doesn't give up on people. And he won't give up on me. I give up on me. You give up on you. But God will never give up on you. He won't give up on me. And then there's that garden tomb experience that I've shared and I share every year now when I go. God used two complete strangers that I had never met before. Two complete strangers who had the same names as the people I was struggling with and two complete strangers who entered into our communion service and God used that to not only touch me and touch Mary but touch those two strangers, those two, those two young people that were sitting there when I got done with communion and God had moved in. We didn't know them, but they were sitting there weeping. I thought, man, what did I do to them? Well, I didn't do a thing, but God had a moment for them. God is in the moment-giving business. The problem's not with God. It's with me. And it's with you. We're so busy with the mundane, the ignorant, and if you will, the stupid, that we don't allow God to move because we're so busy with other stuff. And man, just walking into this room, I, I, I wanted to say in my own soul for me, I'm gonna prepare my heart and take more moments in the presence of Jesus. That should be our prayer tonight. And so... Uh, I, it, for me, and I think for you, there haven't, there's not just moments over in Israel, but how many of us who have been Christ followers in any length of time, how many of us had those moments where God just moved into your soul and touched you in a powerful way? Where you knew that you knew you were in the presence of God. In a worship service, man, it's, it's almost with regularity here. I feel the presence of the Lord every time I walk in and hear the worship. Sometimes it's in a Bible study. I'll get to the message. We'll be here an hour, but I'll get to it. But sometimes it's in a Bible study. Sometimes it's talking to a friend. I guess what I want to start out and say is these moments are available. 
God wants to pour out moments of his spirit, moments of his love, moments of his grace, moments of an awareness of what God can do in any context, in any situation. It can be driving down the road and God will meet us there. It's not about God, it's about us. Do we want moments? I'll be honest, sometimes I haven't bothered. I've been too busy doing ministry to have moments with Jesus. How crazy does that sound? Really? Yet those of us who have been in ministry, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That the work of ministry becomes more than the ministry of Jesus impacting our hearts and our lives. We need moments. We need moments. A moment is a specific point or series of connected events when something significant happens that has eternal impact on on our lives. A moment is a specific point or series of connected events when something significant happens that has eternal impact on our lives. The Bible is filled with moments. I mean, literally, from chapter one of Genesis to the end of Revelation, there are moment, there's moment, there are moments after moments. Some of my favorite, how about when the Apostle Paul's riding on the Damascus Road and Jesus knocks him off his horse? If you're Apostle Paul, that's a moment. When Jesus speaks and says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul is forever changed, and Paul writes the book of Romans. about that moment when Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, preaches to 3,000, or preaches to thousands and thousands, and 3,000 give their heart to Jesus. That's a moment. How about Moses in the burning bush? Is that a moment? How about Elijah fighting those 400? How's that for a moment? Esther before the king, King David's failure and redemption. Now that's a moment I can identify with. Then there's the whole life of Jesus. And he had moment after moment after moment. I mean, he, we could talk about the moments of Jesus. We could do a, a, an 80-part series talking about the moments of Jesus. There are some defining moments, I think. I think the birth of Jesus is a defining moment. I think the Sermon on the Mount is a defining moment in the life of Jesus. I think his temptation in the wilderness is a defining moment. I think the transfiguration, which I should have read when we first started, but I got wound up, uh, is a defining moment. I think, obviously, his death is a defining moment. Everyone said amen? Amen. His resurrection, his ascension. How about the anticipation of when he comes back? That's a moment. These are the things we look forward to. These are the things and moments in Jesus' life. I'd like to talk about that transfiguration just for a few moments. And, you know, uh, we won't, I won't have you stand, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to read it. Uh, can you put it up there on the... I forgot to put it in my notes. <laughs> Tell us what happened. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John. They were kind of his inner circle. And led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. I find that an interesting statement. No one could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter, said, and Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. 
For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. I mean, these three guys are just scared to death. They don't, even, they, don't, they don't have a clue as to what's happening. Let's keep reading. For he did not know what, what to say, for they were terrified. And a, a, a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. I'm going to stop there. But Jesus only. So I, what I'd like to do is I'd like to break that down real quickly. I've got plenty of time. It's only 6.45. After Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, led them up to a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. Uh, these former fishermen, I mean, honestly, if you're Peter, James, and John, you have no idea what's about to happen, and you go up to this mountain with Jesus, and, and Jesus uh, is transfigured. Now, in your notes, that word, oh, those words, was transfigured, it's from that word metamorpho, and we get the word metamorphosis. It's, it's changing form. And so Jesus, before their very eyes, he, he, his face, he begins to, to, to glow, and it, I mean, his... His raiment, his clothing was such that it became so white. I mean, it was beyond any bleaching. I mean, it was something phenomenal. And, and the glory of God began to emanate from his very being. The glory, the presence, the Old Testament would call it the Shekinah glory, was emanating from, God, from Jesus himself. I mean, it was an amazing, an amazing moment. And in that moment, they saw the essence of who Jesus was. And they, these James, John, and Peter realized this isn't just some worldly leader. This is the son of the living God. And they were overwhelmed. They were terrified. Do you think this was a moment for James, John, and Peter? I'd go with yes. I would go with yes. Truly they were amazed. It, 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 would, it would shape Peter's writing when Peter wrote first and second Peter, he wrote, listen, life's going to be hard. There's going to be suffering. You're going to have some pain in your life, but don't worry. Jesus is coming again. He was shaped by the moments in the presence of Jesus. How about when John wrote these words? We beheld his glory of the only begotten son of God. Do you think he was shaped by seeing the glory of Jesus in that context? James doesn't write about it, but James was the first martyr of the new church. He was the first one who was killed because of his faith in Jesus changed. They saw Jesus as king. Verse four, it gets better. Now, now these three guys, they're, they're, I, I guarantee you, they're scared to death. They're wondering what's going on. And then all of a sudden, who should show up but Elijah and who? Elijah and Moses. Elijah and Moses. Well, what did they represent? Well, it pretty well tells you uh, uh, Moses represents the law. The law was known as the law of Moses. So there's Moses representing the law. There's Elijah who had done battle with the 400 prophets. He was, he was, he was a prophet's prophet. And uh, this powerful prophet who, who represents not just the law, but he represents all the words of the prophets. And there's Jesus standing between Elijah and, and Moses in Matthew 5, 17, uh, kind of a pickup to this whole passage, this the transfiguration is in uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, Jesus said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or prophets. I have co not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. In other words, he, Elijah and, and uh, Moses are there to say this. Listen, we were this, but Jesus is going to go and fulfill everything we were talking about for all these years. 
that in the midst of all we talked about, Jesus is the fulfillment. God's something to say. This is the one. Jesus, Elijah, and Moses are like to, to the three guys who are scared to death. I bet they're going like this. Jesus. He's the culmination of everything we talked about. He's the one you've been waiting for. He's the Messiah. Luke's gospel says that Moses and Elijah affirmed that Jesus would have to go through the pain and suffering of, of Jerusalem to become who he would be, ultimately be, the Messiah, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And then five and six, Peter said, or excuse me, Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, I love Peter. He said, Rabbi, you know, it's good that we are here. It's good that we're here. Let us make three tents, or maybe your translation says three tabernacles. One of you, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For, and then it goes on to say in, in Mark, and I love this, for he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. <laughs> hey, 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 uh, listen, why don't we make you three tents, three tabernacles? I mean, maybe he wants to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. Maybe he just wants this to last a little longer. In fairness, Peter was terrified. He couldn't fathom what was taking place. He was having a moment. He says, let's erect three tabernacles, three tents of honor for Jesus, Elijah, and Moses. Celebrate all these different things. John MacArthur makes the point that Peter wanted to stay on the mountaintop and had no interest in going to Jerusalem because Jerusalem wasn't going to be fun. Right? We, we were talking about prosperity preachers. You know, they annoy me on the far, far that way. And then you have the other group we talked about earlier. I won't give who they are. They annoy me on the far the other side. Because they take things out of context. See, I almost went down a rabbit hole, but I caught myself. <laughs> but the prosperity guys, they don't want to acknowledge that there's pain and suffering in the world. The Bible makes it plain. You're going to go through difficult times. We're going to face times of struggle. Everybody with me? I mean, that's not just biblical. How many know from personal experience? It's tough out there sometimes. And sometimes it's better to just stay in the moment on the mountaintop, right? Peter says, let's just stay here because we won't have to go to Jerusalem. You won't have to die. Our dreams won't have to be squashed and everything's going to be fine, right? Here's the thing between you and I, and I'm on a tangent and sometimes moments, of, uh, 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 moments with Jesus don't go through victory. They go through sorrow. They go through times of weeping. They go through times of, of pain. I wish it weren't like that. I wish, I wish everything was hunky-dory. Hunky, is that hunky-dory? <laughs> I, I just showed somebody's age there. Man, I love the mountaintop experiences. In the presence of the Messiah, glowing, whose clothes are whiter than bleach. But what Elijah and Moses were saying is, and it's, I think it's Luke, says you're going to have to go to Jerusalem. Friends, sometimes moments don't come when everything's good. Sometimes moments with Jesus come in the dark times of your life. Is that okay to say? say well, it, it must be because it's true. I wish I could tell you that those guys were right, but they're full of baloney. Everyday life should tell us that sometimes the moments that we're going to be talking about take us through difficult times. Jerusalem was going to be frightening and would end in death in loss. Now, if I'm, if I'm Peter, I don't want to go to Jerusalem either, but sometimes moments and life is found 
in Jerusalem. Sometimes it's forgiveness, sometimes it's redemption, reconciliation. Hope is found in the pain of Jerusalem. You know, let me, let me put it this way. As much as I appreciate, now listen, because I think this is an important point. As much as uh, Mary and I would love to stay at uh, Magdala with the mural and that moment where Father Kelly ministered to us, we're not, we, we're not called to stay in that moment, right? What should that moment do? That moment should push us forward. It should, it, it should give us what we need in that moment to send us on our way into the next place that Jesus wants to meet us. How many, how many, you know, some of us, we've been Christians a long time. How many, man, I tell you, when we, when we, when we broke a thousand people the first time, it was a big deal. And I sat out in my car and I wept. That was a moment. When we did our big Christmas presentations and hundreds came to know Jesus Christ, that was a moment. When, when, when different things happen, moments throughout 35 years of ministry, you know what? Those were all great and I praise God for every one of them, but that's not where God wants me to live. God wants me to live not where we've been, but where he wants to take us. And here's my question for you. What moments does God have in store for you to take you where he wants you to go? Because that must be the question. Pastor Ray, I really love the revival of 19-something. Well, that was great for then, but I'm looking for the revival that's around the corner. When we become desperate for Jesus... When we cry out, Lord, be everything within me. Do something powerful in our world today. God, help me to quit focusing on the culture wars around me. Let me focus on you, and you win the war. Is that okay to say? Yeah, I'd hold on that. Moments are given to move us forward and deeper in our walk of faith. Verse 7. Verse 7. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of... The clouds, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Can I, can I tell you what I think here? And you can check with scripture and you, you verify what I say. <laughs> After Iran, our guy got up and said something. I said, now listen, what you want to do with what Iran is saying, I'm on a tangent, I'll be back in a minute. Do I have any time for it? It's already late, too late. I said, you want to check what Iran says. And Iran took that as, don't trust your guide. That wasn't what I was saying. Of course, there were two or three things he was mistaken on, but I, you know, you know, John, John wasn't the reincarnation of Elijah. <laughs> he just wasn't. I want to make that clear tonight. To all you who went. The Bible, uh, John's father was told he will come in the power of Elijah. I don't know why I share with that with you, but it's important to someone. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, where was I? I've only got five minutes to wrap this up. You're going to go, it's okay if I go a little after. Good, because I got more to say. Um, I think Jesus needed to hear those words. I think Jesus is about to enter into the most difficult time in his life and he needed the affirmation. I mean, don't down, uh, we would never downplay the divinity of Jesus, but let's not, let's not forget his humanity. Let's find balance there. Fully God, fully divine, fully human. 
I mean, he was the guy who said, he was the man who said, uh, not my will, but your will be done. The Bible says that he was a man of sorrows. The Bible said that he looked at his disciples and he said these words, and I can hear the heartbreak in, his, in the writing. Will you leave me also? I think Jesus needed to hear those words. I think we need to hear them. Remember that voice I talked about earlier? Am I the only one? Don't you have that voice that just lies to you sometimes? If you give, if you give that inner voice platform, that inner voice will just lie and lie and lie. That inner voice will say, you're unworthy, you're unlovable, you're a failure. And yet when we, when we, when we, when we can get in that moment and we can get that voice to just be quiet, that still small voice says to, as, as God spoke to Jesus and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Even so, I think Jesus wants to say to some of us here tonight, I love you. I know that's not profound, but I think it's important. I love you. You are worthy. Don't listen to the voices. Don't listen to the lies of this world. Don't listen to the lies of other Christians. Don't listen to the lies of people who say, you don't measure up. God says, you measure up enough that I gave my son Jesus to die for you. You do matter. You do have value. Does that make sense to you all tonight? I think Jesus needed to hear these words. And then I, think, I certainly believe the three guys who were there, John, James, and Peter, need to hear, this is my son, listen to him. Real quickly, and suddenly, Mark 9 and 8, and suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. I could camp right there. Now, I'd be taking liberties and probably going farther than the verse goes, so I don't want to do that. But suddenly looking around, no more, no more, uh, see, I caught myself again. I'm doing good tonight. No more, no more Elijah, no more Moses, no more CNN, no more Fox News, no more this guy, no more that guy. They, saw, they, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus only. Friends, there comes a moment in my life where I got to get my head on straight and I have to say, I will not listen to that person, that person, or that person. I will listen to Jesus and Jesus alone. Because for goodness sake, when we start listening to other people, we get screwed up. Is that okay to say in church? We get screwed up. We, we, we get silly. We get foolish. And I, I think well, all of us need a moment in our lives where we, we don't see that person, that person, or that person. I just love that little sentence, that little part says, they saw Jesus only. I think we need to see Jesus only. In this world with all the voices and all the clutter and all the chaos and all those different things, you, you and I will do ourselves a lot of good if we would say, today, I choose to find moments where I see Jesus and Jesus alone. Well, last thing I'll say is this. You can tell I'm tired when I'm willing to skip three pages. I'm going to close right here. Well, maybe, while, while they're coming out, I will read Second Peter. 
chapter 1, verses 16. This is from Peter. Peter said these words. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Peter, when were you eyewitnesses of his majesty? Well, Ray, this one time, Jesus took me and John and James up on top of this mountain and something happened and we saw the glory of the, of the risen Lord. We saw the glory of God. We were eyewitness of his majesty for when we re- he received honor and glory from God the Father and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven for we were with him on the holy mountain. I'm going to close with this. You can, you, here, here's what we'll say. We all need moments. We all need moments in times of worship where we're blessed by this group behind me. We need moments when we're blessed by the word. We need moments whether we're in Israel or driving our cars up 167. We need, we need moments of when the Holy Spirit is convicting us of sin and we feel good about it. We need moments when the, the word of God is piercing our hearts. Those moments when we're in the presence of the Lord and our faith is so on fire for him, it's, it's almost overwhelming. Moments that you can have when you're singing, moments when your heart breaks, but you know God is there in the midst of your pain. And I, and I know I'm talking to people who are right there in that moment. Moments when you hear his voice that say, I love you. We're going to pray and they're going to lead us in song. I've been blessed with so many moments, I don't deserve one more. But it's not about deserving, it's about God saying, Ray, what's next for you? What moment is on the horizon for you and you and you and you? What moment are you seeking for in your life tonight? Don't don't live in the moments of your past. How about this? Don't live in the moments of your past, whether they're good or bad. How's that? See, not all all moments are good. Sometimes they're, they're hurtful and they're painful and they make us cry and they make us weep. They do all those things. I think the Lord would say to us, don't live there either. Let out of that experience, let me bring you to this moment of victory, of success. Say, okay, when? Well, Not in your time, but in mine. Because God doesn't lie. God's promises are true. His compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Let's start looking for the moments on the horizon. Say, Ray, could one come right as they're leading us in this last song? I think so. Remember, it's not about him it's about you I've between you and I and I'm not crazy about it but I have to go to our den- yeah we're part of a denomination I don't bring it up a lot you know 
and I'm going to go because they're, they're, they're uh, doing a thing honoring my mom, so I'm going to go. <sighs> Makes my head hurt just thinking about going. Because eventually I'm going to have to stand up and say, excuse me, Jesus would like his church back. Because I think Jesus wants his church back. I think he wants a group of people who are hungry and desperate for moments in his presence. That's the church. All this other stuff isn't the church. The church is a bunch of, and I'm closing here, I promise. The church is a bunch of people who long for moments to stand and be in his presence. Oh, I don't even know where I was going with that. Sorry, jet lag. I had one of my friends spoke at one of the conferences and he had this statement. It was back when revival was big and hot and heavy, Pensacola and all those places. And he, his statement was in this message, are you hungry? Are you hungry? He's from Texas, it works. Are you hungry? You know, wouldn't work for me, I'm California. Well, that said, are you hungry? Jesus wants to prepare this feast. For the love of the Lord, quit going to McDonald's. He wants to prepare a feast for you. Stand with me, let's pray. Father, Lord, I pray out of this jumbled amount of words, your truth rings forth. I pray your Holy Spirit comes in like a flood and, and reminds us that we all need these moments in your presence to touch our hearts, to shape us and to form us into who you want us to be. Lord, make me desperate, as the song said for you. Make me desperate to stand in your presence. Become the air we breathe. Become the bread that we eat. Become more than what you are sometimes to us. Holy Spirit, come. Give us a moment, even as we, we sing this song in Christ's name. Let's worship together.